morning. This is Lisa coming to you from the Ild Edwin Elder Library. And today we're going to be on chapter 11, Beyond the Betrayal Barrier. Holding on to your faith even when God doesn't make sense. Dr. James Dobson. Page 221. We come now to our final comments regarding this vitally important topic, when God doesn't make sense. Our message boils down to this very simple understanding. There is nothing the Lord wants of us more than the exercise of our faith. He will do nothing to undermine it, and we cannot please Him without it. To define the term again, faith is believing that which is no absolute proof. Faith. I'm trying to think of the King James Version of it. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the... Hebrews 11, 1. It is hanging tough when the evidence would have us bail out. It is determining to trust him when he has not answered all the questions or even assured a pain-free passage. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is the faith is evidence of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the Oh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not things not seen. I knew I had it memorized somewhere in my mind. It comes out eventually. Faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There is no better illustration of this faithfulness than is seen in the second half of Hebrews chapter 11. This scripture to which we referred earlier has been called the Hebrews Hall of Fame, and it bears great relevance to our discussion. Described therein are the men and women who persevered in their faith under the most extreme circumstances. They were subjected to every kind of hardship and danger for the sake of the cross. Some were tortured, imprisoned, flogged, stoned, sawed in two, and put to death by the sword. They were destitute, mistreated, persecuted, and inadequately clothed. They wandered in the deserts, in mountains, and caves, and in holes in the ground. Most important for our topic, they died not receiving what had been promised. In other words, they held on to their faith to the point of death, even though God had not explained what he was doing. Hebrews 11, 35 and 40. 35 through 40. Without detracting from the sacredness of that scripture, I would like to submit for your inspiration my own modern-day Heroes Hall of Fame. Listed among these giants of the faith are some incredible human, human beings who must hold a special place in the great heart of God. At the top of my list would have to be some of the boys and girls I knew during my 14 years on the attending staff at Children's Hospital, Los Angeles. Most of these kids suffered from terminal illnesses, although others endured chronic disorders that disrupted and warped their childhood. Some of them are under 10 years of age, and yet their faith in Jesus Christ was unshakable. They died with the testimony on their lips, witnessing to the goodness of God, while their little bodies withered away. What a reception they must have received when they met him who said, Suffer the little children to come unto me. Mark 10:14. In my first film series, Focus on the Family, I shared a story about a five-year-old African-American boy who will never be forgotten by those who knew him. A nurse with whom I worked, Gracie Schaefer, had taken care of this lad during the latter days of his life. He was dying of lung cancer, which is a terrifying disease in its final stages. The lungs fill with fluid and the patient is unable to breathe. It is terrible, claustrophobic, especially for a small child. This little boy had a Christian mother who loved him and stayed by his side through the long ordeal. She cradled him on her lap and talked softly about the Lord. Instinctively, the woman was preparing her son for the final hours to come. Gracie told me that she entered his room one day as death approached and she heard this lad talking about hearing bells ring. The bells are ringing, Mommy, he said. I can hear them. 
Gracie thought he was hallucinating because he was already slipping away. She left and returned a few minutes later and began hearing him talk about hearing bells ring. The nurse said to his mother, I'm sure you know your baby is hearing things that aren't there. He is hallucinating because of the sickness. The mother pulled her son closer to her chest and said, No, Mrs. Shaver, he's not hallucinating. I told him when he was frightened, when he couldn't breathe, if he would listen carefully, he could hear the bells of heaven ringing for him. That's what he's been talking about all day. That precious child died on his mother's lap later that evening, and he was still talking about the bells of heaven when the angels came to take him. What a brave little trooper he was. His courage was not reported in the newspapers the next day. Neither Tom Brokaw nor Dan Rather told his story on the evening news. Yet he and his mother belong forever in our Heroes Hall of Fame. You know, that's so true on this page 223. Um, but it's so true, my, bro- uh, my brother, listen at me, my cousin, Jeff, he died when he was 11 years old, I believe, almost 12. He had been born with just one kidney, and then the other kidney wasn't very good. Well, he was my husband's best friend, Jeffrey Elder. Um, yeah, the grandson of who this library is named after, this podcast, Edwin Elder Library Podcast. Jeffrey Elder was my Aunt Sandy and Uncle Carl's oldest son, and um, he had he was small for his age, and uh, he couldn't do a lot of things that other boys and girls did because uh you know any exertion he he wet himself you know with that kidney with his bad kidney and so him and my husband was a couple years older than him but they hit it off they were like best friends and uh, i i lived in Terre Haute, indiana and i remember one day i think it was around the supper time phone rang and my mom went and got it and she said that my cousin jeffrey had passed away and that he was singing, The Holy Hills of Heaven Calling. <laughs> I remember that. Then later when I moved to Hutchison and I ended up marrying Jeffrey's best friend, <laughs> Timothy Mark Peter, my husband. Um, Mark had told the story many times about how Jeffrey, and um, he thought that he, he had thought that the song was Silent Night, Holy Night. And he did a service one night and Aunt Sandy said it wasn't that song and I told my husband later I said I we always associated the holy hills of heaven call me to Jeffrey because of the song but anyway regardless of that Jeffrey he was a trooper he'd said he'd seen the light he saw the light he was talking about seeing lights before he died um what a you know, we all have stories of loved ones, but these were heroes, heroes of the faith. And my husband, many times during our course of marriage, you know, he'd mention, it may be lonely, but it's beautiful, a little a story that he had written, and I'll, I'll share it with y'all sometime. I'll have to find it in his preaching notes. But talking about, you know, sometimes you can't join with the other kids because there's something different about you, and it might be lonely, but yet it's still beautiful because God, he always is with us. He has a testimony. He has a purpose for our lives. Nothing is ever in vain. God doesn't make mistakes. And now that my husband's passed on, I get to share both his story and about Jeffrey, but also my husband's own story. And um, I have a story. I have a story to tell about what happened yesterday. <laughs> yesterday in my life, um, my cousin. My cousin Anita and I were texting back and forth. I asked her what did she think about her mom getting remarried. 
because my um, my aunt Kay, uh, she's she's going to get married um, after her husband had been gone a year. Uncle Bob died the day before my dad died last year, and uh, September the nineteenth when he died. My dad died September twentieth, which was a few weeks after my husband died on September the second. So there's a lot of deaths <laughs> last year. Something else. But my aunt is getting remarried, and, and Nita, she, her husband, her first husband had died quite a while back, and she had got remarried. I think she just celebrated her fifth, fifth or sixth wedding anniversary, and she asked me what I thought about remarriage, and I said, I said, I think it's fine if people want to, you know, and she goes, what about you? You're still young and beautiful, and I just tell Mar- Melissa, and I said, you probably tell your sisters, I said, that. I said, for a brief second, I said, oh, yeah, I could sell the house. I can go back to Bible college. I can marry me a preacher. And then such guilt hit me. And yes, technically, technically, it is till death do us part. But oh, goodness. Sometimes we're going to be heroes of the faith. My husband had to die. He bought, he bought me this house. He, um, he worked so hard. He, um, the money in the bank is his life insurance that he worked so hard his retirement those things it's not for my pleasure sure he wants me to be happy but I'm happy I'm happy in living the life that he provided for me the air fryer that I used last night to make our dinner is one that he bought for me for us for our family and you know I am perfectly happy I miss him I miss my husband I don't want nobody else I don't want anybody else I'm going to be happy in the love that we had I'm going to be happy in the, in the memories that we shared, in the family that we created, that God, the things that God did through us, the ministry that we have together. I'm going to write his book, God willing. I'm going to keep on having this library, the Edwin Elder Library podcast, because of what my husband's dream, his ministry. He, wanted, he desired to have a library of books and sharing with others. He told me he had had an office in Hazelwood, um, at our headquarters one day. Well, that building's no longer there, but we have Hazelwood USA, and my husband sitting right here in this desk chair, his pillow that I made that looks his shirt, his cowboy hat. But you know, we, we, we cause ourselves our own pain and grief, having these thoughts. Perish those thoughts. Those thoughts are not of God. I told Melissa, I said, I don't know where that thought came from, and she laughed. She chuckled, but I had beat myself up all day. I felt so unfaithful and ungrateful and unthankful. I, I, there's no, there's no, you say, well, maybe down the road. My cousin said, maybe down the road, somebody, some man will just show up and sweep you off your feet. No, it's not going to happen. I, it's not going to happen. It's not for me. I'm going to be like my grandma, my grandma Kelly. Um, she was a widow for like 30 something years old, 30 years and I'd say, I asked her one time, I said, how long had, I said, how long had, will you, and uh, Grandpa married, and I was thinking about how many years, because I knew they'd celebrated their 50th, I think they celebrated their 50th, uh, before he passed away, but anyway, she told me a certain amount, she said, well, Lois is so many years old, she was marking, she could remember how long they'd been married by the age of their, their uh, oldest daughter, um, so grandma even counted the years she counted the anniversaries even after grandpa died and I know I'm going to do the same I already did this past year um, one anniversary I had without my husband <laughs> but we're married for life so you, those of you who know me just know <laughs> 
just know thoughts come, but they're just, they're just, <laughs> they're torments is what they are. Those are torments and I don't need those. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Those are, I press on toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Together, together, Mark and I, I'm going to make it to the high, to the promised land. Lord, I praise you in the midnight hour. Lord, I praise you when I don't understand. Lord, I praise you in the midnight hour. Every promise in your word is true. Lord, I praise you walking through a valley. Lord, I praise you holding to your unseen hand. Lord, I praise you walking through a valley. I am holding to your nail-scarred hands. Lord, I praise you of the Rocky Mountain. Lord, I praise you for your strength abides in me. Lord, I praise you of the Rocky Mountain. You have led me to the promised land. I want to go where the milk and honey glow, where Jesus is the light, where he's building me a home. I want to be where my Father waits for me. I'm longing for the day I'll finally stand in the promised land. Well, God bless you. You have a wonderful day. Keep on pointing others to the cross. Jesus is coming soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.